Welcome to episode 93 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. And we've got another special one this week. Three segments on the world's most famous zip code, 90210. I'm Ty, and you can find me trimming my sideburns and perfecting my quaff at S-E-A-T-J-K. And with me tonight is not Chris, but rather a Kristen. And where can we find you pulling your hair back with a scrunchie, Kristen? At Kami Meyer. Perfect. Can you introduce yourself to the folks that don't know you and tell them where else they can hear your dulcet tones? Um, I'm Kristen, and... This is where Kristen tells you that she's the better half of the How Was Your Week Honey podcast, a couple's podcast that she does with her husband, Chris Meyer, who's been a guest on our show before. She's also been a guest on The Palmer Files. I think you can find her on our liner notes from time to time. So she's around. And the reason I'm recording this is because we lost it in the original digital. Back to the show. So I'm excited to have you on the show, and I'm excited to hear your takes on uh, BH90210. You can interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. Tonight, we're going to do 30 minutes on the BH90210 revival that recently wrapped in a standard 2on3 style, which means a segment on what works, a segment on what doesn't, and a segment on what's next. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for Dejatwa, only this time we'll have at least one mom joke of the week, and then we'll return to 90210 for the OT, where I'll quiz Kristen on her knowledge of the original show, mostly because she said she was nervous to come on, and I thought we could capitalize on that. (laughs) You're such a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into it tonight, uh, one of my favorite favorite segments, rather, on uh, How Was Your Week, Honey, is K-May's Beefs. So I was hoping you might have some, uh, some hot sizzling beef to share with us tonight. Well, I always have beefs. And when you asked me just to bring one, I had to really, really focus and think of what has pissed me off the most today. Um, And it's politics. Politics Mm. have pissed me off the most today. I'm so mad. Do you know what beef is? It's always something with you. I waited a whole week to bitch at you on this podcast. Beef is when I see um, as you may know, uh, we are in a federal election right now, and our election is on October 21st, next Monday. And right now, I cannot go near Facebook. It is driving me insane to see my crazy uncles post inane things. Everybody is on there just posting memes and thinking they're the smartest people in the world. And I can't stand it because all I want to do is see what my nieces are doing. And my sister, that's where she posts the shit. So I need to go on to Facebook, but I can't because everybody's an idiot. Well, you just got to go through and start muting people. I can't do that. I'm too, I could never do that. I have one friend that honestly, he, he's a complete conspiracy theorist and everything he posts gets me so upset, but I would feel so bad if I didn't see it. Why? He's not going to know that you don't see it. It's self-care. Oh, there's those words again. Self-care. Okay. So that's another beef. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) It can definitely be used in the wrong way, but I am definitely guilty of holding people in my life to a high standard and not subjecting myself to the kinds of stuff I don't want to be a part of. Um, And some of my family might dislike me for that reason. Uh, But the reality is, I don't tolerate a certain, like, I'm not, I guess, I I guess I'm not very tolerant, (laughs) at least of people who... (laughs) aren't interested in being constructive and growing themselves. So I am not constructive, um, nor do I want to grow. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just feel guilty if I mute people. So I'm like, you have your way, your chance to say it. It just makes me furious. And we did just have Thanksgiving this weekend. So I did have to sit around the table with relatives a week before an election. We need to specify it's Canadian Thanksgiving. It's not Canadian Thanksgiving. Why do you keep saying that? We just call it Thanksgiving. (laughs) There's no such thing. We don't call it American Thanksgiving when you guys do your shit in November. Why not? Because it's your Thanksgiving. It's just Thanksgiving. Well, I guess we do call it American Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Of course you do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We do. So I I understand now. Okay. Yes. Canadian Thanksgiving for for you guys. I just flat out quit Facebook two years ago. I didn't delete my profile or anything. I just deleted it off my phone. I logged out, I closed the tab, and I just left. I was like, I'm d- my wife tells me, she's like, yeah, people said happy birthday to you. I'm like, cool, if you see them, you can tell them that I'm never going to see that. Really? I can't do that. I can't even turn off a bad movie. Like, that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's I, mean. No, I, what, I'm sorry. 
I'm not required to be on Facebook. I'm not required to respond to things that I don't want to talk. I don't, I mean, I enjoyed the social parts of it when it was new. Um, I enjoy, you know, it was a lot of fun to interact with your friends in a new way, especially keeping in touch with people. But I've got the people that I need to keep in touch with, no other ways to contact me. I'm still on the internet. I'm just not on Facebook. And, you know, it's just, I I think if I was, I'd be calling my feed. I mute, I would mute people for sure. No, this is how we, this is how we find out when people die and, you know, when people have kids and stuff. And so I think it's important. But it didn't used to be. I don't know. It doesn't have to still be. When did, when did Facebook start? Roughly 2007. Okay. So I was pretty early on then. Okay. So yeah, it has changed over the years, but it's the only thing that my old relatives use. I can't get them on Instagram or anything like that, which is so much easier. Nobody talks on Instagram. It's just a picture. That's I didn't way better. Instagram, although they do try to make me because now they're integrating the Facebook alerts into the notification center on Instagram. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? I, I don't, don't want have my that. Facebook notifications here. Oh my gosh, that would be so much easier. Consolidation. That's where it's key. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you can set up your Facebook notifications on Instagram, but you're just going to have to kick over to the Facebook app. Yeah. Settings. Not my friend. Another, All right. I that's don't another beef. Facebook is a terrible company. <laughs> Because they are a terrible company. That's my beef. That's I, I went, went on. I looked at through people's shit. And I was like, I hate everybody. I need to get off this and go talk to Ty about some Beverly Hills. Because that will make me happy again. All right. Well, let's do that. Before we actually get to talking about the revival, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, obviously, this was the show that you felt qualified to join me for. Um, and I wanted to know, like, what was formative about 90210, especially the original series for you? Well, or was it? Or was it, it? What was your relationship like with the original show? It was. I mean, I think you and I are the same age, so I didn't watch it when it first came out. Okay, because I would have been what, like eleven? Yeah. So it, it came out in um, fall nineteen ninety, and I think of the same thing that I was too young for season one. I would have been starting sixth grade or grade six, as you would say. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what I would say. <laughs> um, so I was like going into grade. Ooh, probably 10 or 11 and it was okay like, so you didn't start to like three or four years in right but it was on at lunchtime from the season one so it started one day and my girlfriend and I were just getting up after a rough night and it was noon and it was on and we ended up sitting in like every day that summer at noon to watch Beverly Hills fantastic yes. so it wasn't like a word of mouth thing for you because my recollection at least for, for me was that I didn't, I was aware of it during season one and I only because, you know, I think I watched other things on Fox perhaps. Um, but I remember being hooked by just people talking about it around me. Um, I, I think I watched almost all of it as it happened, starting with season two through about season seven. And then I stopped, I was looking through the different seasons in which, cause I was trying to figure out when this was, I, I think I stopped basically all together in season eight, which is the Hillary Swank season. So I didn't see any of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I was going through it and I was like, okay, so season two is in 91, 92 and season three are 92, 93. And those were the most um, prominent in my mind. And that would have been when I was in seventh and eighth grade. That had to be when I was watching it every week. And I, what, what I recall is that at my school, there was a bit of social cachet associated with having conversations about the show in, when we were in junior high. So it was the kind of thing that you needed to watch. I don't think we had it. Like, I don't think we got, I don't, I don't remember ever getting a Fox network okay so i don't know if we had it the first two years i think we started when it was like already in reruns okay and then we caught up because it was on weekly okay to catch up but i remember there was like a shit ton of episodes like every season had a lot of episodes well this is how tv used to be and still to some extent on the on the alphabet networks is that uh you get 22 episodes of something really i don't remember that i guess so yeah, yes, because I have 155 episodes of Dawson's Creek taped on my VHS tapes. Yes, I do. On your VHS tapes. <laughs> See, that's the thing is by the time I got to college, Dawson's Creek had started. So in like 97, that was more the, the show that the girls were watching around me. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't like it as much. Oh. It was too melodramatic. Oh. <laughs> like I found 90210 campy. Like it's it's campy. It's corny. But it's not necessarily, I don't know, in the same way that Dawson's was all about oh I don't want to talk about Dawson's Creek for the love of God teenage angst <laughs> it's my favorite show of like all time and of course it is yes uh, it did <laughs> take the place of Beverly Hills but 
that's because at that time I was a bit older. So, you know, I was going out. I don't remember what night it was on, but I think it was like a go out night or something like that. Right. So I always caught up in the summer. I don't think I ever watched it really um, as I got older because I mean, I was like, I was 18 and 18 is of legal age where I was. So we were out all the time. So that's interesting because like my memories are so much geared toward the first half of the run, whereas it sounds like you are maybe more second half. I watched um, like it For all. me, the things that stand out. So do you have any standout moments when you think about the show, the original run? What sticks out in your mind as far as like stuff that happened on the show? Kelly leaning over the bed when she's with Colin and doing a line of coke. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I was like heartbroken. <laughs> that I remember Kelly everything happened to Kelly. And so I, I think she was like brutally raped and um, the cocaine and um, she was like first of the Me Too movement. So I think most of the stuff with Kelly seemed to resonate with me. I don't okay. know why. See, I remember things like Scott shooting himself. Oh, in the I remember that. Two. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I think the Euphoria episode with uh, um, oh, Emily yes. Valentine yep. when she first shows up or early in the, her run when uh, like it, it taught me like everything I knew, which was totally wrong about how to procure drugs. Like the guy in like the, the T-shirt, like he's got an ad basically. I sell drugs. His shirt might as well say. And I, I apparently wasn't the only one because of a summer job later in high school for me. Um, one of the guys that was a couple years older got a customized license plate that said eight ball on his car and couldn't figure out why the cops kept pulling him over. <laughs> That's super funny. <laughs> Other things for me that stick out, the uh, the beach club stuff. So oh, season yeah. three, which is all about the summer. So Brenda and Donna go to Paris and Brandon's working at the beach club. Yep. I, for some reason, um, I felt like Brandon Walsh was a role, mo- role model for me. I guess I always, you know, I dreamed of, of, of fabulous wealth. And he was, they, they were from the Midwest. They were kind of, not that I'm from the Midwest, but. He's from Minnesota. From, yes. They were from, uh. Duluth, guess, weren't they? Duluth, Minnesota? Middle class upbringings. I don't really yeah. remember specifically where they were from, but the, it, it, it was really just... close to Winnipeg. So like we went to Minnesota. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was either that or Fargo, North Dakota. So we went over to Minnesota. Um, I distinctly also remember that this was season three, I think was the first time I learned how to use the timer settings on our VCR because I was watching it as it was happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I moved uh, away and wherever I moved to didn't have as much cultural cash. So I kind of... Um, I was watching it passively, uh, season four on, but uh, was definitely missing some episodes. I also remember specifically setting a personal goal of um, getting 1500 on the SATs because that's what the Walsh twins got. Okay, so we don't have SATs. Oh, so. the college entrance exams. We don't have those. Okay. <laughs> You're aware of what they are. Yes, but we don't have those, so I couldn't have that goal. I wanted to be the editor of the newspaper, like Brandon. Ah, see, yeah, I was on, I, I ran the yearbook staff probably for that reason. Okay. <laughs> see, but I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't like Andrea. No? No. Why? Um, I just always felt she was so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was. And I was kind of nerdy myself and I didn't really like her stereotype. Does Fair that make enough. sense? Yes, yeah. I think that's a perfect transition to actually start talking about the revival. Okay. So let's do it. All right, in segment one, we're going to talk about what works. Um, I was going to start with by saying just the premise in general, the heightened versions of themselves. Uh, I think that the setup works well for me. Andrea is a great example. How are you feeling about Andrea these days? I thought her character was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm right in there with the rest of the people that were polling. Um, but I thought she was great, actually. I enjoyed her character now that they're all old. Okay. What do you think about the premise in general? I loved it. All right. So the other things that, uh, do you have any, feel free to jump. Like We can go back and forth here on what worked for you. That's usually what Chris and I do. Or you don't have to necessarily key off everything I say. Feel free to fire up and, uh, and jump in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or I can, I'll can i tell you what else I like and you can keep going. I think that Brian Austin Green, why does he look so much better than everybody else? Because he's younger well, than everybody else, I think. Not by much, though. Like two, he three years it. max. He was, he, okay. He, maybe I should wait till the dislikes part, but he's a terrible <laughs> actor. Like Still, you think? Oh, I think he was better when he was younger. Okay. This, he... He was the worst part of the show for me, I thought. 
wow. Yeah. All right, well, we definitely disagree on this because I think he was my favorite part. No, he was just it, like, ah, what's that? phrase when he was just like calling it in like it it seemed like he did not yeah he did not want to be there i don't know everybody was was his character was that he was yeah he's sort of all right so my take on this is that he has come to terms with the fact that he doesn't really have a career i mean if you think about the heightened version of himself like he's married to a famous person on the show right um it's it's lala anthony i don't know Uh, who that is i've never seen her before she was a VJ on MTV. I okay. think she was a famous radio DJ before that. Okay. Um, she's, she's on Power. Uh, she has a recurring role on Power. Um, she's Carmelo Anthony's wife. I don't remember her original last name. Okay. Carmelo Anthony played basketball for the Knicks. Okay. The Nuggets before that. No? Syracuse? Syracuse, right. New York. Yes, they won the title when he was a freshman. In college? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we don't have freshmen. We don't have college. We don't have basketball. All right. Yay, Canada. <laughs> well, first of all, or not first of all, but rather, he in real life, obviously, Brian Austin Green is married to Megan Fox. Yeah, he is. And that's become sort of the defining role of his life now is kind of being married to Megan Fox and kind of just being famous for being Brian Austin Green. Yes. Um, I think that he had to take the the cynical role that, not cynical role, but rather too cool for school role that I think probably would have been embodied by Luke, R.I.P., Oh. If uh, if if Mr. Perry had been able to join the show, um, he was definitely signed on to do at least guest appearances. Um, so he was the cast member, I think, that was detached enough for from their career to like take everything they were doing with a grain of salt. Like he never felt like he needed what they were doing. He was just doing it because it was kind of fun. It got him out of the house. True, I agree with that. I just didn't. I wasn't invested in in his character. Like I was invested in all of them. What I really liked about this. Um, what is it called? A reboot? It wasn't a reboot, though. And that's what I, I liked, right? Because I'm invested in the people. And they came into my house. I feel like friends. Um, so, but I don't really care if Donna and David went off happy in the sunset. Uh, but I, I really want to know about, you know, Tori and her six kids living in like a trailer park kind of thing, doing reality television, because that's fascinating to me. And the fact that they all made fun of themselves like that you know um jenny with her three marriages and they all had something that i thought was really good i actually uh, really enjoyed jason Priestley because he's a good canadian boy and none of that is is true and i thought that that was really good that he could kind of take that ego and let it go Interesting. Yeah. So I feel I think we have exactly opposite viewpoints on the the, the Brian Austin Green and the Jason Priestley characters. But I'll really? get to that because I'm going to save that discussion for what I didn't like. Okay. <laughs> um, what else worked for me? Uh, just everything Brenda. All of the Brenda scenes are hilarious. I mean, even though it's weird, it's odd, it's kooky. It worked for me. Uh, I thought it. I, I, I laughed a lot at Brenda just kind of being like very focused on stuff that seemed less important to the show but you know less important to the people that she was trying to work with but very very important to her like she was she was about real causes and had real priorities yeah what was the the thing that she saved with the blood all over her whatever was it and they said oh you know a lot about platypuses or whatever she's like i do i didn't realize that her gap was that big in her teeth like i thought she looked terrible well i think you're being unfair i think she's one of the few people that hasn't have a bunch of work done this is true because that's another thing that we're going to talk about later. But Donna's work, I guess it's not Donna. Her name is Tori. <laughs> this is really well, hard it. for me. It was really hard to decipher between the two in that, right? Because you always just think of them. Did they do anything else? No. 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 But yeah, no, the work done was was terrible. But I think Shannon Doherty just looked really bad. And I understand she's, you know, had cancer. She's in remission and that. So good for her for looking as good as she does yay <laughs> that was that was backhanded really <laughs> i went in a circle and i made it better yay I like it. um i like all of the uh brandon and kelly tension mm-hmm. i like that uh, jason Priestley and jenny garth right off the bat are introduced like that, that they create the brandon and kelly tension just for no reason really just that they get drunk in episode one and you know, and then you find out, and, and I think that's where I had a problem with is like, again, I, I Brandon Walsh was a bit of a role model for me. So the same way that you're upset that Kelly rolled over and, d- and did a line of coke, I was pretty upset that Jason was you know banging his co-star while he's cheating on his wife. Oh yeah, but she was cheating on him too. That there was a lot of 
a lot of stories. But we didn't know that at the time. Right. But there was a lot of storylines happening. Yeah. In a very I, short amount of time. And I thought that Jason Priestley actually being like kind of the bad guy, being the Dylan for once was kind of cool. I liked it. All right. It gave him edge. And uh, he really did not have edge throughout the, the like all of the show, you know, original show. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he was Mr. Goody Two Shoes. That was his deal. Definitely. So I kind of liked it that I loved their banter and, and how they didn't like each other, but totally liked each other. I thought that was really cute. It's like they never grew up. Right. I also like Tori and Jenny's friendship, like their relationship on the show. I think that worked really well in the context of the, the show. And it really made me wonder like, wait, are you guys like really close friends in real life? I looked it up. Okay. Because I was like, out? N- there was nothing really like it was it said that they are friends. They have kept in touch, but the whole um, cast kind of ke- keeps in touch. So it didn't really say that mm-hmm. they were like besties or anything. But to me, I think that they are. <laughs> My understanding is that they actually are the ones that did lead the, the pitch. To do this, uh, yes. To, to get to do this, yeah. Um, but I know that uh, Ian Ziering's been kicking it around for a long time. Like he's been trying to get everybody on board for a while. I actually really enjoyed him. Like he was obviously super annoying in the original series. Like Steve Sanders is the worst, right? His whole character is I'm a douche. Yeah. I I um, liked how they I, brought in like the whole you're a douche and I have this young millennial girl kind of thing calling him out on it. I thought that was pretty cool. That yeah, they did that. I, I thought his willingness not to take himself seriously, to make fun of the Sharknado stuff. Yeah. Um, I particularly and particularly enjoyed the, I guess, vision he had when he went back in time or dream sequence to talk to mulleted Steve about how, like, don't be a douche. Like, <laughs> you ru- you're ruining people's lives. You need to do these things. Did you do take it that like scene? that? Yeah, but I took it as don't waste the key. Well, yeah. So in the end, he may have said, cut your hair, but still be a douche. <laughs> fair, get get what you can while well, you can. So be the president, president of the keg house. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I never. mentioned it in passing really quickly. I loved all the callbacks of things. Like they mentioned a lot of things uh, that went back. And I thought that was really cool. Like I like Taylor Swift Easter eggs kind of thing. And that's what it was <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned in passing quickly earlier, but I actually, I thought it was pretty funny how multiple times there were jokes written into the script, making fun of Tori for being poor. Yeah. That was really weird. That's, she took, like, it was almost a roast. She, yeah, a little like, bit. There was a lot of her personal life that was quite true, actually, brought up in this. And I was like, huh, that's, that's, that's impressive that you do that, especially with that cute little plastic face of yours. <laughs> um the other thing i had here is that the music um the music i don't know they must have a crazy budget for licensing or some intense like fox label synergy that i don't quite understand because i actually noticed the music throughout the run of the show and they both mixed in current music with like like a, a key 90s jam to set the tone appropriately depending on the scene listen to your heart <laughs> <laughs> perfect I, I did not that came up for you in the show that you noticed. I didn't notice any music besides the old school stuff that I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. Why aren't they wearing a black and white dress like similar to each other? Like they're going to prom kind of thing. I like that. But I don't I didn't recognize any music from now. I guess I didn't notice. That's bad. <laughs> no worries. What did One you hear? Things. Say it again. What 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 songs did you hear? Um, There's our first timer. Uh, the, the one that I, I wrote down is like they have obviously worked in Blackstreet. Um, what else did I see? I saw. I should have kept the list up in front of me because I, I actually went and looked it up afterwards, but I didn't keep it handy. I was just saying I, I loved the mix and I was excited about um, what they had on the show. I feel compelled to go look it up now. I feel but while we're while I'm doing that, one of the other things I noticed is that in real life, '90s fashion, especially '90s style tops, seem to be making a really strong comeback. I, like I'm getting a lot of prompts in my internet like i saw a henley today you know what a henley a henley is don henley no a henley okay. shirt it's like a button-down shirt that has or not a button down but like a it's like a sweater that has um like a cardigan usually three or four buttons yeah. on the chest that's a cardigan no 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 not not a not a that's a cardigan is a vest that you can button with oh, long sleeves i like those <laughs> a henley is a, a, a crew neck collared shirt okay but I saw one today that had buttons like down to the navel. And I'm trying to figure out like what the point is of having a shirt that buttons that low, but then never actually comes off. Are you talking about like the shirts like that Will Smith used to wear? 
like, we'd have to go back and find some visual references for me to know for sure. But Henleys were very popular in the nineties. Okay. I, I mean, but I noticed some women's fashion too. I see a lot of these like nineties style sweaters coming back. I hated the nineties. Like the the clothes. The clothes were terrible. I hope we don't go backwards to the nineties. I really well, everything don't. runs in about a 20-year cycle. So No, I understand that. But I'm thinking that the 60s are going to come back, and I'm more down with that. That already happened. No, it's going to happen again, because we're still <laughs> yeah. in a revolution. And it, when you're protesting things, and when shit is happening in the world, that music always follows. And I feel that we're going to get back to that kind of music, and music always inspires uh, fashion. So I am already going to thrift stores and buying bell bottoms, because I want to wear them, and I think that it's going to come back. All right, well, maybe the Jenkos will come back along with them. What's that? You don't remember Jenko jeans? Like no. the big stovepipe pants? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. All right, so to answer your music question, uh, first of all, I can't believe I forgot this. All for Love by Color Me Bad. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Which is a straight bop, and everyone should love it. Color Me Bad was on the show. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. I forgot about that. Speaking about people who look terrible. That was another, see, that was another one that was a big memory for me. Color me bad and there was the a, an ace of bass track i think they put, played the sign there for a minute yep and then the one that was really big for me at the time and uh, is a uh, pm dot set adrift on memory bliss nope no no pm Dawn. all right well that's a good segue into what doesn't work because you clearly don't like pm Dawn. so let's talk about that okay all right, so in segment two, let's talk about what doesn't work for us. So Kristen started, we had differing opinions. You said Brian Austin Green did not work for you. Tell me more about what you didn't like about him. I just didn't find him necessary. <laughs> like at you all. You didn't find him gr- like a grounding a, like a grounding presence on the show that sort of tied no. the audience. I, th- I felt like he was a little bit of our avatar. I found that when Jason Priestley wasn't on the, the screen, that that's when it kind of got off the rails to be honest. Interesting. And and I really liked uh, Emily Valentine on there too. Uh, I thought that she looked great, by the way. So I, I think that it was interesting because I felt like you talked about people's faces. That's also on my list of things that didn't work. Yeah. Um, some people's faces are jarring. Do you find I, her I support, jarring? I would, so the, when she first showed up, the first episode, it looked like she had just had her fillers put in because it was like, whoa, holy crap. And then as the season progressed, she looked more and more normal. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think when she came in, she was like a Cruella de Vil. You know, like they made her like a big, everything was heightened, right? So, and right. Emily Valentine was always crazy. So to bring right. her in, um, and that's what we know of her. So I thought that, that was good, but we're not on that section. We're on why Brian Austin Green sucked. Um, only his abs were good. Really. <laughs> like the rest of the time, he didn't need to talk. It, it kind of seemed like he was a wiener to his wife. Um, I thought that his whole storyline with the son was a little bit, I don't know. There's only what, six episodes, eight episodes. So to get into that storyline, I thought it was wasted. He could have done something with that, but he ended up coming off as even a, like nothing happened. Do you know what I mean? It was just like a wash. He was a wash. No, we couldn't disagree more about this. He was literally my favorite part of the show. (laughs) Really? Even the son? Yes. I mean, that part was whatever. I, I mean, that was very, um, I think, apropos for the type of show they were trying to put together, like a soap opera. Well, right? he has a son like that, opera. right? Say like, that again? He has a son where he doesn't acknowledge him, like an older son from his first marriage. I did not know that. Yeah, like in real life, he has a son that he's never supported. He's not involved in his life at all or anything like that. And so... I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's putting out the vibe. He wants the son to look him up. He's like, look, see, I'm open to this idea. You can come come be my kid. I guess so. But may, I think maybe Megan Fox won't let him talk to him. All right. Well, now you're just you're just, just putting rumors out in the, on the, in the world now. That's what I do. Come on, Ty. <laughs> well, he definitely looked the best. And back on that topic, he I did. want to say I support everyone's right to do whatever makes them feel positive or confident, whatever you feel like you need to do. I just, there's something about lip injections in particular that I find depressing. Oh, I completely agree. I, every time Tori talked, I just, I felt like she was my cricket doll. <laughs> like, do you remember cricket where you put like the tape in her back and her lips would move? She was a doll. 
Like back Absolutely the- not. Oh, I wanted a <laughs> no cricket idea doll talking about. so bad. She had like blonde hair with ringlets and a little pink sweater and a little jean skirt. And you put a tape in her back. She's like, hi, I'm Cricket. Let's be friends. And her little plastic lips would move. And that's what Tori Spelling reminded me of. Teddy Ruxpin? No, no, this was Cricket. Well, obviously. It was I mean, like it, Teddy it... Ruxpin, but it was okay. the, a, like a big doll. And it was so much fun. I used to put Metallica in her back. <laughs> Did she move her mouth? When yes, the absolutely. Nice. She moved her mouth to anything. So, and then she'd look both ways. I had her up on my windowsill. She's totally creepy. But that's what you, Tori Spelling looked like. <laughs> did you have her play Master of Puppets? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's some excellent uh, toy synergy. <laughs> well, speaking of Tori, I felt like Tori's antics throughout the show um, wore on me. Uh, I had a hard time with. I appreciated finally when, again, Brian Austin Green, of all people, sat her down and was kind of like, here's where you're weak and here's where you're strong and you should take pride in the things you're strong at and stop focusing on your weaknesses because, you know, if you focused on the things you're good at, you'd stop being so, I guess, paranoid, having so much anxiety, whatever it is about about failure and, and just be focused on sort of plowing ahead. And, and I appreciated that. I just wish it had happened like in episode three because like right off the bat, we got through like the deke in the pilot where she steals the dress and it seems like it's going to be like a main focus of the show. It was very sort of unbelievable right off the bat. And it was kind of a long bridge to get to for the setup. I don't know how you felt about Tori's antics. Um, the one thing I didn't, I, it wasn't her antics. Like I actually thought that it was all quite believable how they ended up getting back together and okay. doing it. Um, I actually had believable <laughs> written down. Nice. How, how are we so far apart on this? Because I really did. I was just like, oh, that's plausible. I can see that happening. Oh. <laughs> that she's going to break a, 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 a display and steal a dress? Well, again, I think that she's crazy. I haven't ever watched her reality show, but I assume in what I believe, based on no knowledge, that she is kind of a little crazy. Like she grew up like Michael Jackson in a big house <laughs> with like with people she was paid to you know have friends I mean I don't know maybe that's just what I think that she's never grown out of Donna Martin she hasn't really done anything her husband she made she portrayed her husband like a total jerk on the show so if that's what it's like in their real real life I feel bad for him like I feel you bad like he for- was a jerk yeah <laughs> okay. Do you have any any expanded thoughts about why he's a jerk? He, he was making her do her work and always complaining. I have six kids, dude. She has six kids. What are you fucking whining about? Are you explicit on the show? I hope so. <laughs> we have the e. Okay, but like I don't know what he was whining about. Like every time he was on the screen, I was like, Tori, just smack him. Just get him away. I, I was totally not impressed with her choice of husbands. Well, it's interesting to me that she cast Ivan Sergei as her husband. Uh, because her actual husband is an actor, and I'm putting air quotes around that. Correct? Yeah. Dean McDermott, right? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, was he busy? I thought that she called him Dean a few times. But then I... I, 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 I went, what his name was on the show. I kept on... Nate. I kept on going back oh. because I was like, did you just call him Dean? Like, it was just too weird. And he just seemed whiny. And I have a dinner. I'm jumping off the kids. Like, come on. She's at a signing. You should be behind her. He was not behind her at all. I don't think any... They All of their relationships sucked outside of each other. Their friendships, right? All right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, everybody was... It was... Anytime I was having to deal with the outside relationships was something I was less interested in, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why the, the like the Gabrielle Carteris sort of exploring her sexuality, like great that, that the great. show went there. But mm-hmm. I see the positives. I just I wasn't interested in it. I didn't care. I think it was good because I think everybody thought that about Andrea always. I certainly I always felt did. Like she had a crush on Brandon. She did, but I think they just put that in so that you wouldn't know she was she was gay. Okay. <laughs> because that's what it, that's at the time. There was, you couldn't do that. There was a little no. bit of, um, wasn't there? There was a little bit uh, later on where they brought in like a lesbian or something. They were trying to be proactive, but it was before that was, oh, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I remember Steve finding out one of his frat brothers was gay. Oh, I do remember that too. I don't remember what came of it. I remember it being like this thing they had to keep a secret, but 
I, yeah, I don't, it wasn't, it was always ancillary to the main plot. It was never something that was. That's right. That was so I think that the Andrea thing, I thought it was really cool that they brought that up because I'm pretty sure that was always a thought. Yeah. It wasn't until we got to like the, the, my so-called life style show later, like in the late, late nineties. Like yeah. I think after Ellen came out actually is when you finally sort of had pop culture kind of embraced that subject matter. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, the, and Beverly Hills 90210, the original series, they hit on a lot of different things that really, um, I guess, affected the 90s teen. I mean, I think there was like Valerie with the HIV, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of pretty intense topics that they had, but they never went anywhere near um, LGBTQT rights at all. I guess those letters weren't really even in the 90s, though. Not the way they are now. No. Certainly not the way. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to remember at the time, like Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act into law in like 1994, which okay. made like same-sex marriage illegal. Yeah, Illegal. Yes. What? Bill Clinton yeah. signed something oh, yeah. illegal? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Don't get me started on how the entire Clinton presidency pulls the whole Demo- Democratic Party to the right of center and makes our politics completely untenable for the next 30 years. But have you ever heard him speak? <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about my problems with the Jason Priestley character. Yeah, okay. I have problems with it. And again, maybe it's just me and my connection and my or my, my perceived connection to the Brandon Walsh character, but I just felt like the Jason Priestley character was just more of a prick than I was comfortable with. Okay. I, he was. He was a total prick. And but you I, liked it. I did, yes. I guess I was a Dylan girl. I really missed um, Luke Perry being there. I don't think that they acknowledged it nearly enough. I think it should have been in every episode. I think they should have had a picture of him or something. Like, I just didn't feel like it was acknowledged enough. Riverdale acknowledged him more. And come on, he was like on the show for a season. So I thought that that was kind of bunk. Um, and I thought that Jason Priestley kind of filled that role. Um, and he was always so good. And having him be like kind of jerky in that and um, temperamental and rash, I I I liked him for once. <laughs> All right, I, I'm just I'm I, I guess I'm I'm curious. I, I don't know that we can find the common thread. I've been listening to you trying to figure out what it is. Like if I can tap into why you like it, and I don't, and I haven't been able to quite discover it. Um, I think it's interesting though. I do think that that he did split up the. Um, aloof prick duties with Brian Austin Green because somebody had to do it between with, with, with Luke not being there. Although Luke having sort of a real career after the show, it does make it seem like he's beyond this. Um, and I mean, now he's literally beyond this. Right. I would, uh, but I would think that of Shannon Doherty as well. I mean, she has been on a lot of different shows and stuff like that. Like she's still relevant. Ish. Yeah. But I think that she's still famous for being difficult. It could be true. I mean, all the rest of them were on dancing with the stars. She gets kicked off of every show that she's she was ever on. I know she can't even get play nice with Alyssa Milano, and and no, she she gets managed out of the organization. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, but she got uh, she got kicked off of Belly Hills because she cut her hair. I remember that. Really? Yeah. Remember she cut her hair really short to piss off production in the middle of filming like one of the season finales, and they were like, oh, "That's like, the last straw. Like you're done. You're out." And they moved her to London. <laughs> You're not that important. That's right. That's right. She moved to London. That's a good transition into our final segment, which is what do we want to see next? More of Kelly's bodyguard. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) him being like him, her getting, throwing herself into that relationship and then him turning into like a, like, uh, first of all, he hit a little too close to home for me. Because he watched the Masters (laughs) and and drank beer. I was like, oh, is this what it's like? I was like, uh, perfect <laughs> date. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually thought that, that, you know, I was going to bring up the show within a show stuff um, as being kind of a weak point. Uh, but I thought that talking about it as what comes next maybe makes more sense. Um, so I would actually like to see. So that we kind of left with the cliffhanger of is the show going to get picked up, right? Is the show within a show going to get optioned for a season? Uh, I actually would love to see them embrace that and then even kind of mirror the casting cadence changes. Like if Shannon's not up for anymore, she does one more episode and then she's out. Then maybe we get Claire, maybe we get Valerie, um, whoever Hillary Swank played. I don't remember who she played. She was Steve's girlfriend, though. 
Okay. Uh, wasn't Vanessa Mar- Vanessa Marcillo on the show for a minute? Gina. Okay. See, I didn't see any of the Gina seasons. I did. Uh, she was Donna's cousin. Okay. But, but it ended up like, I th- I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure she ended up like Donna's sister. Like she found out that when Donna's dad died, that she was actually her kid or, so- or whatever. I'm not sure. I didn't really like Gina. Okay. All I know is that I haven't seen Tiffany Amber Thiessen for a while, and I'd like to. I would like to as well. She's so hot. What's she I doing? love her. I don't know, but she should do something on my screen, preferably naked. <laughs> wow. All right. She's so hot. I've always loved Kelly Kapowski. But Val Malone was good, too. Just a little bit wider. Hashtag sidebar. Uh, shout out to my all-time favorite canceled too soon show, Fastlane. From the early 2000s. I don't remember uh, that one. Starring Jenny Garth's husband for a long time, Peter Facinelli. Yeah. Uh, co-starring Bill Bellamy. And then Tiffany Amber Thiessen as their boss. Where they had all the cars and went undercover. I did not see that. No? No fast no. lane for you, huh? No. I hope that it gets put on streaming at some point. Somebody, I, I would like to see more fast lane. I understand why they canceled it. It must have been super expensive. Because every episode was like a little action movie. Isn't that what TV is all about now? They were just ahead of their time. Yeah. This is why we only have nine. Fastlane on HBO. That's right. With nine episodes a year. So you put all the money into the budget there. That's going to be good. Cars. No, I don't remember that one. If the show actually was a full-on reboot and we were checking in on the the fictional cast, what would you want out of a show like that? Sort of a a bit of a this is 40 type 90210. What would that look like, do you think? I don't want to watch 40-year-old rich people. Okay. I, I liked watching them hot messes. Do you know what I mean? I, I liked when they stole the dress and we were like, I'm still this and this is mine. And, and how Kelly was like a complete mess with her daughter. Actually, I felt bad for all the kids in that show. That's That was a major minus, by the way. All the mumming that was done was bad. Yes. Um, it was terrible. So... I but I kind of liked how she was like holding her daughter back because she's like it ruined my life, you know. So, what was the question? Well, so you're not interested <laughs> in the show within a show. So no, let, I'm let's not. Let's forget about that. Actually, tell me then. You're you find the the compelling stuff to be the relationship of the real actors to, yep. or at least the heightened versions of the actors to their former personas. Yeah, absolutely, that's where you find the drama. Yeah, I really liked how they were trying to get this back up, and that I liked how it was always on the pilot. You know, like we didn't have to watch them recording the next one or writing the next one or anything like that. So if if it was to come back, and I kind of hope it does, because I would like to see what they're doing uh, later. I, they left a lot of uh, the relationship things hanging, you know, with uh, Kelly, well, I guess not Kelly, Jenny and Jason and David, not David, Brian <laughs> and Tori. But Everybody I, I like that. Mean. I've been doing it interchangeably. What else can you do? Yeah, uh, but I would like to see that in the future i would i would like to see if that's jason's son that's cool to me okay what about the continue like what about the off-screen romances that there so there was a lot of relationship juggling right that went on mm-hmm. who are you rooting for you have any showman's favorites i liked jenny and jason they were hot okay. together and i always liked them together on the show i was totally choked that she picked dylan I agree. I was a Brandon and Kelly shipper all the way. Yeah. That, 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 but you're a fan of the bodyguard. Well, okay. So I'm the fan of the bodyguard because I am a Hallmark watcher. And he's on one of my oh, favorite you know him. Christmas movies, <laughs> Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Canadian. Um, he was on one a really good show in the uh, early 2000s called Whistler. And it was a show about these kids living up at the ski hill. And I, I liked it. It got canceled too soon. It's kind of like your fast lane. So I like him. Um, I didn't actually like his character because he got a tattoo. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> it was a bit early. Kind yeah. of a big flex early yeah. in the relationship. Get a tattoo. But I like how she made fun of the fact that she jumps into relationships like that. It did seem a little bit true to life. And I've, I've definitely known people like that. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. You, you just met this dude? You just, can you chill for a second? Oh, that drives me insane. <laughs> I was a little guilty of that myself when I was younger too, is I'd get really into a girl right off the bat. And then I, I basically I needed like a two-week feeling out period. No pun intended. <laughs> it's like, I need to hang out with you really hardcore for two, hard, two solid weeks. And then I can just make a decision. Like this is either going to continue or it's not. 
See, I, I was kind of like that too, but I always just broke up them right away because I would find something else to obsess over or someone else too, right? So <laughs> I didn't stick around long and because uh, and, I have no attention span. <laughs> well, that, that doesn't seem to be the case now. You've <laughs> yeah. obviously been with your husband for decades, even before you were married. Yeah, you know, but we it took us 10 years of, of dating and breaking up and that and, and deciding whether or not we both wanted to settle down. Um, it was always a catch and release thing. <laughs> Interesting. That's wild to me. I cannot relate to that at all. We weren't with anybody else, though. We just, it, it seemed, I, I was 21. It seemed very young to settle down. And I was like, no, you're right. Right. So I, I knew that he was the one the, right when I met him. And I told him that, which he fucking ran, ran away. <laughs> I tell my daughters it's illegal to get married until you're 25. Like it's, it's against the law. You can't get married until you're 25. I see. And I tell my kids it's illegal to get pregnant before you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we talked a little bit about timing your family on the show last week. I haven't um, listened to last week because I am on the two week. Oh, that's right. You want us to change our, our production schedule, right? I, I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I know. <laughs> this is the night that we, we, that we can record. I didn't realize that you record so late and you guys are still on. Like I'm majorly impressed now. Oh, that we're doing it this late at night? And still like, bam, you guys hit everything like I just sit and laugh I have so much to say back to you guys all the time um, well, I appreciate that there are many nights where I'm like well I would just rather go to bed <laughs> it, you I would never know that you record this late at night like it does not seem like that at all I'm uh, pretty good about like plugging in right at the moment of time and, and Chris is also good about making up for my lack of energy sometimes I don't hear that at all I think you're too hard on yourself oh I'm glad to hear that because there's definitely times where I'm like well that wasn't a very good show Mm-mm. but we all have those. I always uh, message Matt from the basement and I'm like, I need some, you to say something nice to me now because that was just a horrible show that we just put out. He's like, I'm sure it was better than you thought. <laughs> I've just, for, we've been doing it long enough now that I just understand that they're not all going to be 10 out of 10 and I just have to live with that. Yeah, it's true. Um, but you know, we're still supposed to be talking about the show that we're here to talk about oh, on right. the show. And I wanted to ask you- show one of the within a show, that, Ty. Come on. Yeah, the show within a show within a show. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I had a problem with Donna's obsession with uh, David. Again, uh, Tori's obsession with Brian, that she was having feelings for him. And that, that, that was like, I really felt like that was manufactured. And how do you feel about their relationship? But then he like kind of closed it up for her at the end and said, it's not, I don't think he was obsessed with her. I think what the way that or sorry, I don't think she was obsessed with him. I think that she likes the way he makes her feel because he's one of the few truly supportive people in her life, at least on the show. Absolutely. Um, I think it's interesting because they kind of both had feelings for each other and David kind of was saying that as well, I thought. And it's interesting to me that you find that Jason's a big cheater head, uh, but David and Donna, who clearly are going to cheat uh, if there's a second season, it's okay for you. I don't think they are. Oh, I don't think he's so interested going in her. To. And she has six kids and a supportive husband. His wife is like paying for his life. I don't <laughs> think he's going to cheat on her. Oh, he's going to cheat gonna on her. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. They're going to sleep together. Uh, yep. Not, all that silicone that. around that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I see this. This is where I guess my own sexism shows through because... I was never a big Donna person, no. as it were. But, you know, David, I always felt like David used her like to get in with the crowd. I always thought that too. Again, I wasn't too happy that they got married. Um, David was always a flake, though. He would just kind of... Who hates it. on David? Who hates David Silver? Apparently I do. I didn't realize it. I thought I liked him more um, back then and that he was just pissing me off now. But I don't know. Maybe I didn't really like him back then either because um, I didn't really like Donna. Actually, that it, that was my number one point um, of things I didn't like is I wasn't a Donna fan to begin with. So the fact that the whole reboot circled around her and she used terminology from nowadays, but it was so gratuitous, you know, like, mm. LOL, you know, stuff like that. It just bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. You know, it's funny. I, I think that I've said a couple of times that I, I felt like a, a kinship with the Brandon Walsh character, mm-hmm. but I, I think I'm mature enough now to realize that I probably had more David Silver in me than I care to admit. Okay. Okay. Well, David yeah. Silver always wanted to be cool. Is that something that you, because that's to me, when I think of David Silver, it was always him trying to be in the crowd. So, 
some thirsty ass motherfuckers. Yeah, saying. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, do you really relate to that? Because I don't see that in you. I, I'm a much more secure person as an adult than I was as a younger man. Okay. Um, particularly as a teen, and I, it, you know, I wasn't very tall, and I'm still not very tall. But when I was younger, I was even smaller. I mean, I was a good athlete and things like that, but. I definitely always felt like I was a little bit on the outside looking in of the like the core sort of cool kids, I guess. Like I had enough of those friends, but I kind of was friends with a lot of people. I was in the, you know, friends with the jocks, friends with the nerds, friends with the band geeks, friends with the, the burnouts. Actually, I wasn't really friends with the burnouts. Those people scared me. <laughs> uh, I wasn't really in up with the, the, the go smoke 20 cigarettes across the street from the school crowd, but everybody else I was friends with. I, um, I, I was the same way. I didn't actually relate to any of the characters on the show. But in junior high, I did start a uh, a school uh, radio station. Very cool. Talk hard. Public it was volume is one cool. of my favorites. <laughs> Basically, I asked the I asked the teachers like, "Can I have access to the PA before school if I get here early, and can I play music before school starts?" And they said, "Sure." That is so, so I cool. I, I it, was, wasn't, it wasn't cool. I always wanted to have a radio station. Um, a friend of mine, his dad worked for CBC and brought home all the equipment. So we had a small radio station that really just played to our neighborhood. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, I could always turn it on in the middle of the night and he'd be playing something, you know, so I felt always felt like I could just reach out and be like, hey, there's someone there. But I usually just called the DJs. I talked to the DJs a lot, actually. <laughs> well, maybe it would have worked with a certain crowd. It certainly didn't seem to do much for my social status. Oh, that's too bad. I was the editor of the newspaper. So, you know where my social status was. <laughs> All right. Well, we are through the meat of the show. And that means... Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. I know you didn't want to do that. <laughs> I did it for my kids. And they were like, please, don't do that. And they don't... You're not going to let them listen to this, are you? No. God, no. They're not allowed to listen to anything mommy does out in the... Whatever this is. Podcaster fear. Sphere. <laughs> oh, I should have asked you that question, too. Because I asked Matt from the basement that. What are you going to do when they inevitably find it? Oh, they will. And they'll, they have my sense of humor. So I'm sure that they'll just like kind of laugh. And it's, it's the, I have a blog. And when they read that, where I talk about. I'm familiar with the blog. Okay. So I talk about their poop a lot in the first like four years. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be so mad at me. (laughs) Nice. Well, you can use it to vet husbands, make them read the blog. Exactly. If you're still in, in, then uh, you can stick around. That's right. But not until you're 25. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't have any original material this week. Um, I guess I did tweet a version of, of one of these jokes out that I'll, I'll touch on. Uh, but so what the dad joke calendar, you've obviously heard me read these week to week. Yes. Many of them are terrible. I don't Some think are- so. I guess I have that sense of humor because I laugh at a lot of them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. What is a cow's favorite TV show? Dr. Moo? Not good. No, really not good. I think it would have been better if it was Dr. Moo Medicine Woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love her. That's She's Dr. so Quinn. beautiful. It doesn't, it doesn't rhyme. But it doesn't matter because I got it right away. <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> I went to a bridge building seminar. It was absolutely riveting. That's kind of funny. That's kind of that's nice. Neat. Yep. Rivets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure I tried to go to a trampoline park today, but they told me to bounce. Yeah, no, these are not your good ones. Come on now. I don't write the jokes. I just read them. <laughs> I just watched a program about beavers. It was the best damn show I've ever seen. <laughs> you said beaver, so you had me. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this is the one I treated, tweeted out a version of. What is the cat's favorite TV show? The Evening Muse. That's cute, too. <laughs> I think I've seen that yeah. on a meme. So I made... I, <laughs> Yeah, I saw that and I I, I, I laughed because uh, I turned the TV on and the news was on and I was like, oh, ABC Muse with David Muir. <laughs> I don't get NBC, so I can laugh anyways. <laughs> What's his real name? <laughs> All right. David what? Did you bring a joke for us? What's his real name though? No, David Muir. Is that what his name is? Yeah, but it's M-U-I-R. Oh, okay. Muir like M-E-W. Gotcha. <laughs> so I can't tell jokes. Um, at all. Uh, Chris kind of make fun, makes fun of me all the time. Um, but I did bring okay. uh, uh, one or two. Um, so the kids and I and, and my husband, this weekend we had family movie night. 
and we watched Harry Potter. Uh, my kids are big into Harry Potter. My youngest is going to be Hermione Granger for Halloween this year. And we nice. already have the costume because Rowan was Hermione Granger two years ago. So they're big into nice. Harry Potter. So I asked the reading them, also or just the movies? Uh, we've only let them read up to the third book because it gets kind of scary. So we okay. actually have only seen the first two movies and they've stopped. Now my oldest is 10 and she feels that she's ready. But I really feel that the six-year-old could handle it so much better. So um, we might read the third one to the youngest, but not the oldest. Okay. <laughs> uh, the general rule is you have to read the book before you can watch the movie. Okay. In our house. Um, my daughter wanted to watch Never Ending Story. Oh my God. Do you know how long that took to read the book? Have you ever read the book? No. Oh my God. I'm never going to read that book. No one should read that fucking book. fucking never ending. It's giant. Don't read it. Anyway. It's in the title. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so what do you get when you put your wand in the Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> I don't know. Hogwarts. Oh, I like it. <laughs> wow. I love it. So they didn't get that hope, one. I hope not. <laughs> so I asked them, what's a Canadian ghost's favorite food? Boutine. All right. All right. I like the, the Hogwarts one is better. Yeah, they didn't get that one either. So I said, okay, girls, this is the last one. And I, if you laugh, then I will bring this one. And they said, okay, have you ever heard about the movie Constipation? You're supposed to say no. No. <laughs> You haven't heard of it because it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank okay. you for contributing. Woo! To the week. That's right. <laughs> Let's go to the overtime. No shit, man. Overtime. All right. In the overtime, we have a special quiz. I'm going to quiz Kristen about her knowledge about the original uh, 90210 run. Um, we're going to go quickly. If you, uh, These should hopefully be relatively easy. I try to keep it pretty simple here. Um, they are multiple choice, but if you know the answer, go ahead and shout it out. You don't have to wait. If you're not sure, okay. go ahead and tell me, and then I'll read you the, the, the choices. Okay. I like quizzes. Uh, all right. Which network aired the television series, Beverly Hills 90210? Fox. It's correct. Woo! What year did Beverly Hills 90210 first air? 1990. Correct. True or false, Brandon and Brenda Walsh are twins in Beverly Hills 90210. True. That is true. Which high school do the characters of Beverly Hills 90210 attend? Isn't it like Beverly Hills High? Close. Do you want me to read you the choices? Yeah. Beverly Hills Academy, East Beverly High, West Beverly High. West Beverly High. That's right. Yeah. This one's tough. Which high school is used for exterior shots in the series? This is a very American question. I would know it this. It is, but there was another show that also used it. It was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. Uh, another right, big well, show. Choices are Palisades Charter High School, Franklin High School, or Torrance High School. Torrance. Torrance is correct. That's and you're right. right. It was also used in the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, see there. Mm-hmm. In the pilot episode, the twins moved to California. Which state did they come from? Minnesota. Already talked about this. Yeah. See, I knew this quiz would be easy because we're going to cover a bunch of this material during the show. Which Beverly Hills 90210 character is the wealthy son of a criminal? Dylan. That's right. What were the Walsh parents named in Beverly Hills 90210? Jim and Cindy. Correct. I actually almost got that wrong when I first went through this. I was because I'd forgotten that was Jim and Cindy. And one of the other choices is Jack and Carol. I and mean, that sounded close enough to be right. But her real name is Carol. That's right. Who was the creator of Beverly Hills 90210? Tori Spelling's dad. No, his name is Darren Starr. Oh, shit. Darren Starr, like from Sex and the City? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that. No, Aaron Spelling was the producer. Oh, okay. Yeah, not the creator. Which character did Ian Ziering play? Steve Sanders. Which actress played the character of Brenda Walsh? Shannon Doherty. It's too easy. I should have skipped these ones. <laughs> All right. What is the name of the cafe featured in Beverly Hills 90210? The Peach Pit. We have one here. What? It's called the Peach Pit? Yeah. How's that? That's not a trademark infringement? Um, no. It's, Copyright infringement? It's like, a, it's like a fruit stand. Oh, makes sense. Uh, who is the owner of the Peach Pit? Nat. That's right. Do you remember his last name? Joey Tata. <laughs> That's his real name. I know. 
<laughs> no, I don't. Didn't even know he had a, a last name. He walked Donna down the aisle. I remember that. Busicchio. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, nice. These are whole, these are too easy. This is like, who played what character? I didn't even see these down here. Uh, well, who's which character is Don Martin's longtime boyfriend in the series? David Silver. That's right. Um, which actor played Brandon Walsh? Obviously, Jason Priestley. Uh, true or false, the house for exterior so- shots of the Walsh home was actually located in Beverly Hills. False. That's correct. The house used for exterior shots of the Walsh home was located in Altadena, California. The real address of the house is 1675 East Altadena Drive. Do you think people drive by it all the time? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't we, you? Yeah. We drove out to <laughs> Cannon Beach just to see the Goonies rock. Come on. <laughs> Which character was added to the series following the departure of Brenda Walsh? Valerie Malone. Do you know who else was considered for the role of Valerie Malone? Before it was finally given to T- Tiffany Thiessen? Um, I, th- I think it was Drew Barrymore was options. up to it. Okay, say it again. Drew Barrymore was up for it. Okay. Um, I, th- I think um, S- Sam, uh, Samantha, <laughs> from <laughs> who's the boss? Uh, we talked about her earlier. <laughs> she was up Alyssa for Milano. it. Alyssa Yeah. Again. One hot. more? I don't know. I, th- I don't remember anybody else or who was big around that time maybe christine applegate's too young hey it's alicia silverstone oh really mm-hmm. no but you got i'm shocked that you got two of the three that was amazing so great job i don't i never would have got that oh okay <laughs> where did brenda walsh move when she left beverly hills she went to london that's right which character joined a cult in season five kelly that's right kelly joined everything everything bad <laughs> happened to kelly she was a joiner. Yes, she was. Which future Oscar winner had a recurring role in Beverly Hills 90210? Hillary Swank. That's right. Also on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but the movie. Yay. True, that's right. True, true or false, the series Melrose Place was a spinoff? Sure Beverly Hills was. I love that one, too. <laughs> How many spinoffs were inspired by Beverly Hills 90210? Well, there's Melrose Place. There was like a models one that I never watched. Yes. Um, and then this one. So three. I would have said that too. They count in this quiz the two reboots of the other shows. Because there was a 90210 that they ran again. Like oh, a new version right. of it. I did not watch that. Yeah. And then they did Melrose Place again in 2009. I did not watch that either. Who pushes Donna down the stairs in season five? Ray. Ray That's Pruitt. Right. Who was awesome when he showed up in episode three of the honestly his voice was good i was like oh ray <laughs> he also looks like he doesn't act anymore no but isn't he a singer i i don't know if I, that that whole ray pruitt thing ruined his career yeah people are so mad for him pushing her down the stairs like for real yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. I like what is ray. the name of the newspaper that steve starts oh okay there was there was like a lot of different ones he they were wasn't the blaze the one that he was on at school and then there was the beat that's the answer okay the beverly beat right and then the chronicle is where he went okay i I had a thing for journalism (laughs) (laughs) when do brandon and kelly call off their wedding like on the day of the wedding that's correct yep who is the beach house resident who snores we're getting really esoteric now oh um the redhead um claire claire Claire! yes which character has a daughter named hannah um gabby yeah Um, andrea yeah (laughs) true or false dylan and valerie get married in the last episode of the series no no they do you know who does get married in the last episode of the series donna and david that's right although when dylan married the other one rebecca gayhart character what was her name tony oh that was so good when she died when she got shot in the rain oh (laughs) <laughs> that was a good episode i might have to go back and watch that <laughs> go watch the episode where the noxema girl gets shot in the chest yes <laughs> what year did the last episode of beverly hills 90210 air it was on for 10 years right so 2000 i don't i don't know that's right okay that's right you did great yay did i pass i like passing <laughs> did you did uh you got um i didn't keep the score up you got 87 percent 
26 out of 30. Let's do it again. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 27 out of 30 because I clicked the wrong button on one of them. So like that's 87%. Yes. 89, Good job. Maybe. It's it's probably 89. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite an A. Oh, that does not make me happy. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's way better than I thought you would do. A lot of the I also skipped a couple of the easy questions. So I, I, I made it I made it more difficult on you than it needed to be. <laughs> Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, this was fun. It's definitely something that I wanted to get into. Um, I love 90210 and uh, sort of shamelessly. Uh, Chris said he definitely was not going to watch it. So I was excited to get somebody on the show who uh, was interested. Uh, tell us one more time where we, where else we can find you um, recording your voice on the internet. Uh, you can hear me on How Was Your Week, Honey? Um, and I also have a, my blog, which is Honey Bears and Sydney Beans. And uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Kimi Meyer. Awesome. Well, thanks so, again so much for being on. And that's our show for tonight. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three pod, where we hope you live a more deeply examined life, or at least a more deeply examined 90210 review. <laughs> if you don't already, please subscribe and a review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace.